No Bull, powered by Earnhardt Auto Centers. For a premier destination near you, head to nobull.com. Here's Chris, Crespin, and Simone. And welcome in to the Friday edition of Noble with Chris Crespin and Simone. Chris Schubert, Sean Crespin here with you on a Friday. And Sean, you took my advice from Wednesday. For those of you watching the video version of this show on our YouTube page, you will see the lower third on Sean Crespin's box here has the updated. We have a day counter and a pounds counter because the Crespin countdown is officially <laughs> underway as Crespin yeah. embarks on this journey with his revitalized weight loss. So you're going to update this every show, I'm assuming? Yeah. You're every show. You're going to keep everybody up to date on, yeah. on the progress? Yeah, so yeah. every show. So right now we're five days into my revitalized journey. Again, revitalizedweightloss.com is where you can go to start your journey. They guarantee you lose up to 20 pounds in one 40-day session. They build it around science. They build it around your metabolism. They build a, a structured plan that is only for you, geared for you. Uh, it's, you know, you're eating real foods. There's no hormones, no shots, no none of that stuff. Uh, it's, it's so far so good. I really enjoy the plan they have me on. As you can see right below here, day five. Mm -hmm. Uh, seven pounds is where I'm at. I've lost seven pounds in the first five days. So we're, we're off and, and running me, here. And let me peel the curtain back a little bit here because you may be thinking, Chris, you've started all three shows this week with this. Guys, this takes up the pre-show meeting because yeah. when we meet and to, to prep the show, Sean's trying to figure out what he what, what he can have, what he's making. So we, it's mm -hmm. like an itemized list. He goes, oh, I got shrimp. I got ground turkey that we made. We have these yep. these 17 vegetables that are have been pre-cooked and they're in the fridge. Like this yeah. is a daily occurrence so, for me. So if yeah. I have to go through it, the listeners are going to have to go through it too. So you're coming on the journey with me and Sean yep. as Sean does the Crespin Countdown. So, we have the yep. little – by the way, the Crespin Countdown right was supposed to be a social media feature that mm -hmm. Sean Crespin was supposed to do. We've now turned it into this, which yeah. I think is a fantastic use of the name. So the Crespin well, countdown is officially underway. we can still do the online underway. feature. We can still count down some of the important things in sports or random stuff within my daily life and pop culture, and it can be part of my weight countdown as, as well. So, yeah. you know, here we go. But, yeah, day five, seven pounds, revitalizedweightloss.com. Proud of you, Sean. Proud of you. If Thanks, you can buddy. hit the magic button, play the music, we can tell everybody what else is in the lead on today's program. This is the one they're talking about. Sean, it feels right to start with the basketball game that you were in attendance for last night. U of A made, they made the trip up. And we, we kind of have to. to. They, make, they, and they make the trip up to play in Tempe, to play Arizona State. And... Sean, it was kind of a it was kind of a tale of two halves. First half, some struggles for Arizona State, but they stay in the game. They stay close. They stay competitive. The second half, you see Remy Martin go off. You see Josh Christopher play well. They had a chance to win this basketball game, and then Arizona ends this game on a run. There was bad officiating across the board. It was brutal to watch this game if you were a fan of either of these teams because the officiating was bad. And ultimately, Sean, it ends in a loss for Arizona State. And for an Arizona team that it was kind of piecemeal together, they're playing extremely well. And for an ASU team that's as talented as they are, we've talked about this all year, Sean. Just, it doesn't feel like it's all together there yet. And there's not a lot of time left for them to figure it out. Yeah, no, they, they listen, they are as talented as, as I can remember a, a ASU basketball roster being. Uh, the problem is they just haven't had any time to really get on the same page. You can see it. They're, the talent level is there. You see it in stretches. The problem is there's no continuity yet. Uh, and no consistency because of that. You've had you know, Remy gone for extended periods. Uh, Graham came back last night and actually made a, a significant difference for this team, especially on the glass. But that's his first basketball game in over a month. Tayshawn Cherry's still not there. Bagley was out for the first two and a half weeks after the, the Mohican Sun tournament to start the year. So, you know, this team has never had an opportunity to truly gel. Uh, and you're seeing it. They, they struggle to close, you know, in situational moments. They, they struggle to close out basketball games. But, you know, last night you mentioned the officiating, and you hate to have it come down to that, but 
you know, there was a, a non-call late on Remy Martin that led to the the final play that gave U of A an opportunity to pull up from three and ultimately have the tip in for the win. And, uh, you know, officiating all night was awful, as you mentioned. But, you know, you just you hate to get yourself in a situation where the officials can have an impact on the basketball game. And ASU has a lot of areas in which they did just that. So it, it's, it was an awful loss for the Sun Devils. It was a gut punch kind of moment. Um, again, after the Oregon State one was a gut punch, then you come home and have that one. So it just continues for this basketball team this year. And it's unfortunate because you don't – you look at, at – projections for the NBA draft. I know that's a big thing for you, Schubert, so I'm sure you're already looking at them, but you see Christopher, you see Bagley already mocked into the first round, so if they're out, if they're gone after this awful COVID-destroyed season for the Sun Devils, one and done, it's going to feel like a lost season, and that, and it's unfortunate, but that's really what it feels like right now. It's going to, if those two kids, there's nothing guaranteed, right? They haven't made any announcement. I'm just talking about mock drafts, but if those two go in the do indeed leave and go one and done you're gonna really look back on this year i think as a sun devil fan i think man what could have been if it wasn't just thrown off from the get-go can i ask you something mm-hmm. you see the tweet that bobby hurley put out after the game last night yeah the picture do you have an issue with that um maybe a little maybe a little because he he went off on that rant i don't know if you heard the rant um after the game as a matter of fact i believe I can play that for you if you just give me a moment. But, I mean, do I have a problem with that? The tweet, maybe a little bit. Um, you know, like the, post-game, post-game in the presser saying that you didn't like the call, I'm okay with that. But to go out of your way to put it on social media, it just feels like sour grapes to me in a lot uh, of ways. You know, a, a little bit. Here's Hurley's post-game for those that didn't get a chance to hear it. This is after the uh, the U of A game on, on uh, uh, what was yesterday? Yesterday was, was Thursday 21st. night. Yes, Thursday, yeah, because we play him again on Monday. So if you're listening to this game after that, this is from the game on Thursday. But here's Hurley after the game. I thought we uh, we deserved to win the basketball game tonight. I thought that uh, I thought that Remy Martin, after watching it live and then watching it again on film after, clearly was fouled by a player in the restricted area. That that player did not leave his feet. He was contacted. His arms did not go straight up. And, and, and the guy should have been whistled a foul and put on a free throw line, okay? So you're talking about a guy that is as decorated a player in this conference as it's seen that goes to the hoop at, at a critical moment in the game and, and, and they swallow their whistles. And, uh, and that kid goes, gets knocked on his ass. And, and obviously, uh, you know, they went down and scored and, and the rest is history tonight. He goes on, you know, as as to, to continue to talk about some of the other calls. There was a big moment in the game, uh, it, with about a minute and thirty minute and some change left. ASU's up five, and I believe after a long rebound, the ball was on the ground. ASU comes up with it. Now they're on a four on two break, and they're headed to make to, to give themselves a seven point lead. Remy dishes it off to Verge, but continues going forward, makes contact with the UFA defender, and they call an offensive foul. On the ensuing possession, U of A knocks down a three. Now, instead of being up seven with just over a minute left, you're only up two, and you're trying to hang on. That was a huge moment, so Hurley talked about that a little bit in his post game and uh, wrapped up his opening statement by saying, you guys can ask me about the rest of this game, but I'm just going to keep talking about that last possession. Um, does it come off as sour grapes, the photo on, 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 on Twitter? Maybe a little bit, but, you know, like, you, you can go either way with that call. I mean, I've got a video on my phone from the final possession where I was 
you know, grabbing the final sequence for social media type stuff for the network. And um, from my perspective, there's a clear freeze frame where it looks like the U of A defenders straight up and down. Um, I was sending that to Kyle Dodd today going, I don't know if this is a foul. He shows me another angle where it clearly looks like it was. You could go either way. It's a tough decision at that point. Um, I'll tell you this. I, you would have liked to have seen ASU burn a little bit more clock than they did. On that final possession. Yeah, yeah. because there was 30, I believe there was 33 seconds left when you started the possession. You had a full 30-second shot clock available to you. So if you run that thing all the way down, try to get a look at the, at the end of your shot clock, the best U of A is getting is a full court heave, you know. So when Remy mm-hmm. attacked the rim, I believe when he got to the rim, there was still just under nine seconds left, which allowed them to gather the rebound, push the, the ball the court, yeah, and, and make something happen. So there was a lot. This is just again, it's just not being able to close out games. Situational, as I mentioned earlier, um, and it, it is it is disappointing for Sun Devil fans because the, this was a very hyped season, and for good reason. This is a very very talented roster. It's a little undersized, but it's a very talented roster, and there's been so many things that they've had to overcome, and they just haven't been able to do so. Yeah, I'll just say this on, on Hurley real quick because I brought it up. Listen, his energy level, uh, both on the sideline, on the baseline when he's coaching, and after and afterwards is something that we kind of like as Sun Devil fans, right? I think that energy is something that people have kind of grown to love about this basketball team, and Hurley gives them an identity. The tweet bothered me a little bit because, like, I get it, man. You're trying to make your point, but it's like, the game's over, man. We got to move on, right? There, there's, a, there's, a, there's a schedule to, to be played out here. You got a game on Monday against this same team who, who you took to the brink, so you could beat this basketball team. So it just rubbed me the wrong way. I'm not going to freak out about it. It did just rub me the wrong way. All right, no 60 seconds of baseball here on the show, but there is a major baseball story that we do have to talk about on this show because we learned this morning the passing uh, of Hank Aaron, the longtime home run king. He had this record for a really long time and, and just – how much he meant to not only the sport of baseball, but I think to America at large, because this is a guy who went out there and broke barriers and dealt with a lot of stuff. I mean, I don't know if people realize some of the hate mail that was sent to Hank Aaron to the stadium, like the things he went through and yet he was still able to achieve all of the success that he was able to achieve in baseball. It is a story of perseverance and it is a we celebrate the life of Hank Aaron. He is one of the greats of not just based the baseball world. I think he it, the embodiment of Hank Aaron goes beyond baseball. It, it speaks to to America, and, and it speaks to trying to, to, to create that American dream. And Hank Aaron took everything that was thrown at him and, and tried to make himself better and tried to make the world a better place. And you just I, all the credit in the world to Hank Aaron for to, for being able to deal with the stuff that was thrown at him uh, back when he was playing. And you know, you see the outpouring of support on social media. You see the stories that people tell of their interaction with Hank Aaron. Just a good man, a good person that tried to use his platform in baseball to to create. You know, big time changes in the world, and you know, we lost a we lost a great one today. So it is very sad in the baseball world for that. So it felt like we needed to mention that off the top. Yeah, here, and did you see real quick? Uh, did you see that the Atlanta Falcons, not the Atlanta Braves, the Atlanta Falcons, and I believe the Atlanta United, the uh, the soccer team out there as well, both retiring the number forty four for this season. So nice, nice touch, I thought, by both of those clubs. Yeah, you, you see the outpouring support on social media. So it, it has been—it's been a very sad day, but but we we celebrate the legacy uh, that Hank Aaron created uh, throughout his playing days. Sean, I got a question for you here. I don't know how got? up to date you. We got a lot of stuff here in the lead that I want to still get to. I got a UFC oh, related story here for you. Here? Yeah, give me the music back. back. Yeah, because we got we, we got some stories here, and this okay. one's UFC related that I want to ask you about. And I don't know if you saw this story, but tomorrow, UFC 257, there was a fighter. I'm not going to pronounce his name properly, so it's not needed for the sake of the story. 
He was cut the day before UFC 257 for bringing an unauthorized guest onto Fight Island. And I was beginning to tell this story, and you're like, save it. I want to get a natural reaction to this story. So Dana White shares with the media today that the reason why this fighter has been cut from the UFC and will not be participating in UFC 257 is because, and this is according to Dana White, that the UFC security team identified an unauthorized individual entering the fighter's hotel with a wristband provided by the fighter to deliver a bag to the fighter's room. And what Dana White says in this clip is that they apparently cut off their wristbands that show that they're cleared to be inside the bubble. They're cleared to be inside you know, the Fight Island protocols. It was given to this person on the outside. They worked their way in to the building. Dana White uses the term shimmied across multiple balconies to Shimmy. enter the fighter's room. And his entire uh, team, or the entire security team, directed off of the property, uh, the, the fighter and, and their team, uh, yeah, this is not good. Dana White was not happy this morning when speaking to the media. But think about this, Sean. They got somebody off of the property. They gave him a wristband. And she gets onto the property, shimmies across multiple balconies, and drops a bag inside of the fighter's room. It so this very... fighter's no longer fighting for the UFC yeah, anymore. I was just going to say that. It sounds like that'd, that'd be the last time this guy's going to be on a card for the UFC. But uh, also sounds like something straight out of a movie. Good for them. I give them credit. I'm not going to rip them at all. I'm not even mad. Like Ron Burgundy no, says, it, it's amazing. He's shimmied across yeah, just... multiple. I mean, that's that's dangerous. It's, like, uh, it's right out of a movie. I'm not even mad. Good for you. Good for just, you. Just, just incredible um, chutzpah by the yeah. fighter in his camp to try to pull something like right. this off. I'm also uh, the not a UFC of... guy, so if the card's ruined, and I don't know if this ruins it, nah, I'm not going to be watching. It, I'm here to tell you, it's not going to ruin it here okay, for good. you here, Sean. You brought this story up, and I think this is an interesting one to finish and, the, and to finish in the lead with. Notre Dame placed on probation for one year, Notre Dame football, over recruiting violations, and it stems from a... Um, a player that Notre Dame had some improper contact with. And Sean, in reading the story, this player, a linebacker, was involved in similar infractions with two other teams who have now had violations and had some penalties because of them. So Notre Dame has this probation. This same player involved in similar infractions with Florida's Dan Mullen and Texas A&M Jimbo Fisher. And none of the three teams signed the player. So they're all getting punished, and they didn't even land the player. He himself. signed with Washington. This player, a linebacker, Savelle Smalls, out of Garfield High School in Seattle, was involved with similar infraction cases involving Florida's Dan Mullen and Texas A&M's Jimbo Fisher, which led to the head coaches receiving show causes last year for improper recruiting contact, according to the story that I'm reading here on ESPN. And this is after we learned today that Notre Dame's football program has been placed on probation for one year on Thursday after they agreed that a former assistant coach had impermissible off-campus recruiting contact with a player who didn't play for either of the three schools who then got punished. That's unbelievable. Eh, it's not like Notre Dame wins playoff or uh, bowl games anyway, so they're good. They can skip a year. That's good fine. Point. That's a good point there, Sean. <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for what is in the lead here on the program. But coming up next on No Bowl with Chris Crespin and Simone, it feels like there is only one path for the Arizona Cardinals to improve their roster for 2021. What are the odds that Steve Kimes able to pull it off? We'll get into it next here on No Bowl with Chris Crespin and Simone. Earnhardt Auto Centers, locally owned and operated since 1951 and a proud partner of Noble with Chris Crespin and Simone. 19 Arizona locations, the 21 dealerships, the 17 brands. You've heard me tell you about it. doesn't matter if you're north, south, east, or west, wherever you're at in the valley. Earnhardt's got you covered for that new vehicle you got your eye on. And obviously, still with the social distancing times, 
head over to noble.com. Look at the header of the page. You'll see something that says Noble Express Option. Bam, click that bad boy. The entire buying process is going to be an absolute breeze from the comfort of your own home. They're going to bring it a vehicle for your front door for you to test drive it. You finish the financial application online. They're going to deliver your new ride to your home as well once the purchasing process is complete. You don't even have to leave your front door, Schubert, to experience the Earnhardt commitment to world-class service and low prices that absolutely cannot be beat. Earnhardt, you know it's a name you can trust, a 69-year commitment from their family to yours Earnhardt Auto Centers and Noble.com Schubert that ain't no bull Sean Crespin we both agree on this program here that the easiest path for the Arizona Cardinals to improve their roster for 2021 is through a little something called the National Football League draft that is held in April every year and a team that only has five picks this year they're going to have to make the most of those five picks and the question that we keep finding ourselves coming back to with this conversation because we've discussed at length the salary cap situation that the cardinals find themselves in and that's not probably a, a logical path for them to be able to improve this roster so then we look at the person who's going to be making these decisions, the person who is going to be watching the film and is going to be sitting in scouting meetings with his scouting department and coming up with the players and coming up with the Cardinals version of the big board of who they're going to draft when it comes to April and those five picks. And Sean, I still sit here January 22nd when we're recording this show, not confident in Steve Kimes' ability to fix this roster through the draft. And we have gotten, folks, for those of you who are longtime listeners of this show, we have gotten to a point where in order to talk about this topic on the show, Sean Crespin sent me a story that had <laughs> fancy football <laughs> analytics in it. That is how that is how this has changed Sean hey. Crespin. Now, he doesn't know what any of them mean. He no. was very confused by the story. That's why he yeah. sent them to me. Yes. So I had to, I had to, you know, pull out the encyclopedia and then help him. But but this is how this story has gone, folks. Sean Crespin bringing analytics to the conversation. Right. What was my exact? I sent this to you, and I said, "Hey, this is right up your alley." I'm sure yes. it's not a great gauge, but at least it puts you in the ballpark, so we can discuss that. That is how I worded this. That's still how I stand. So when you bring out all your nerd alert stats here in a moment, understand where my mindset still is. All right, Schubert. So I'm not fully buying into your advanced analytics garbage yet. I'm just it, it puts us in a ballpark for a discussion here because I think we both agree. You are hard-pressed right now financially to bring a roster back at the start of next football season that is even equal from a talent perspective of the one you brought to the table this year because of the amount of free yes. agents you have within your own building who are probably not going to be re-signable. So we look, you and I both feel, your path to improving this roster or at least getting back to something comparable from last year is going to be through the NFL draft. So let's look at the history of where this team has been, where Steve Kime has been, what he's hit on, what he's missed on, and how much confidence you should have in that process actually playing out. So, and I'm I'm not going to get into the finer details of this, and I'm not going to bore everybody by reading numbers Please off of don't, a spreadsheet. Because I'd be I'm one gonna, of them. I, yeah, Please I, I'm going to promise you that I'm not going to do that. But I am going to give credit where credit is due, mm -hmm. where we got the inspiration for this story. Uh, Nesson up in Boston did a story looking at Bill Belichick's draft record and draft history because he has been criticized over previous seasons about. Listen, this roster is not just because Tom Brady left. This roster has had deficiencies all over the place, and it might be part of the reason why Tom Brady decided split and go to Tampa Bay and they they look through the last couple of years and they use a bunch of different metrics of value and expected value at a certain draft slot 
versus actual value. And then they use a number called value rate plus. And Sean, I'm not going to tell you that I'm some expert on value rate plus, but the story says it's very similar to OPS plus in baseball, where 100 is your average number. If you're above a hover, uh, above 100, it means you're above average, below 100, below average. Makes sense? Good. That's about as fine into the details as we're going to get on this. But for each of these seasons, they shared a spreadsheet that shows all of the players and their value rate plus and all the numbers for this. And they also had a nice little graph at the bottom ranking the GMs Rank over the course of 2016 to 2020. And I think this is why this was right up Sean's alley. It was yeah. a good old-fashioned version good of rank them. rank them. Let's go. And Sean, I'll ask you this. This, this story put together a list of 47 general managers, and you may be thinking, Chris, there's only 32 teams in the National Football League, 47 general managers who have made picks over the 2016 to 2020 seasons. It ranks them 1 to 47 in terms of the value that they have gotten out of their draft classes on the field. All right, we Sean Crespin, I will, I will ask you this it. question. Mm -hmm. Where do you think Steve Kime ranks on this list? Uh, not very good. Now, uh, how, does, how does 44th of 47 yeah, that, sound? That would that, land that, that right on the list. That's right what I said. Not very good. And also, if, if, if with your fancy statistics there, again, I don't buy it completely into it, but it puts it into a ballpark. If we agree that your path to improving this roster is through the draft, that also, Schubert, not very good uh, news if you're a Cardinal fan right now. And I think the, that, that's why this conversation is so important. And you can, you can tell me to go kick rocks with these numbers, and I don't think you'd be that far off to no. tell me to do so. I, not, a, not, a, not statistics I'm necessarily familiar with, but to see it contextualized in this story of all of the GMs ranked, and you see Steve Kime at the bottom, and year in and year out, you see where the Cardinals rank because they did that for the Patriots as well. Sean, I think it validates what a lot of us feel when we look at the eye test. And all we do is we pull up the draft classes and we go, well, that guy didn't didn't have an impact. That guy didn't have an impact. That guy's on another team. That guy, don't know if he's still in the league. That guy underperformed here. Still waiting on this guy to underperform, right? So you, you go through all of the names on this list, and I think what these numbers kind of do or, or validate the, the nerves, the nervousness that I think you and I have about, man, this team is entering, and I said it on Wednesday's show, they're entering a real inflection point in the Kyler Murray era here in Arizona, where if this doesn't work in year three, if this team doesn't make the playoffs, when I say it, it, it working, they got to make the postseason. Because if not, you're going into an offseason. Cliff Kingsbury in three years won't have made the postseason. It will have been, what, since 2015 that this team won't Correct. have made a postseason? So yeah. we'll be going on six, seven years at that point. That puts Steve Kime directly under the hot seat. And then you start to hit the reset button. So while you enter this inflection point, you have a general manager who, by the way, on this list, the three GMs directly behind him, all fired. Uh, I think three or four of the GMs directly in front of him don't no longer have jobs, yet he's the guy tasked with getting the Arizona Cardinals out of a big hole. And, Sean, it's not like they just need to find one starter out of this group of five picks that they have. They got to find probably two or three at the minimum. Right. Because you're looking at, again, we've pushed it. We've talked about this a lot. The cornerback situation is not good at all, especially if you don't sign Patrick. Um, long term for a pass rusher, your, your uh, Chandler Jones' contract is up next year. You don't know if you're going to be able to re-sign Hassan Reddick. What's that going to look like? Obviously, you need some help at running back as well. You need some uh, some depth at the wide receiver position. I mean, there's holes all over this roster. So the fact that you've got five, let's be real, you've got five draft picks overall. Um, it, it gets really one that you're going to one, maybe two that you're going to expect instant impact from to be fair, you know, first round, second round. But even that's difficult. I think you and I back in May, 
when the fifth uh, the fifth year options were being picked up or not picked up. We you and I went back and looked since they started that process with the new the new structure to everything. How often does a player actually get their fifth year contract picked up? Give us a kind of a gauge of how many teams hit on their draft picks. It was within the thirties, dude. It was within the thirtieth mm-hmm. the thirty percentile somewhere. I think it was like thirty six percent of the players that had an option to have a, a fifth year picked up where the team actually did it, which means roughly seventy percent said, nah, I think we're good. You know, and so if you're yeah. if and and that's the average, the league average. So if you have a GM who's who's below the league average in terms of hitting on his draft picks, and that's the league average, I mean, it's it's hard to ask a team and any GM to turn a team around or fill significant holes within one draft, um, especially a GM who seems to have struggled with that that area of his job really over the course of the last five six years. Can I also add something that you may tell me I'm crazy for even bringing up? Sure. This is an even harder year to draft. There is no traditional combine. Yeah. There well, are. There's not going to be a. Tra- uh, right, but you're not going to have that traditional interview setting where you got the guy right in front of you and you are able to have multiple people in the room and you're able to read their body language and you're able to see how they answer. Because Sean, uh, we we've we've seen this, we've heard this that those interviews are a make or break point for a lot of these GMs when making this decision. They go back to those interviews a lot when determining if they're, if they're going to take a guy. Right. You've now upended that whole process. And well, that's not to say that, that the draft's going to be a complete crapshoot, but it does change the dynamics here a little bit and not for the positive. Yes and no, because we really don't know what access they're going to have or not have because they're doing multiple different satellite locations this year for the, for the NFL Combine. It's not going to all be in Indianapolis, but I still think if you want to have a face, you know, some kind of an interaction with a player, you're still going to get it. You know what I mean? It may not be in the same room where DK Metcalf can come in shirtless and then Pete Carroll can do the same. You may not get we won't those have moments like that. You're not nope. going to get those awesome stories, right? But you're, I think you're still going to have the opportunity to get the access to the players you have an interest in throughout the process. It's just not all going to be done in one location. So I don't have too much concern in that respect. I just have my concern for this team comes strictly from the history of the GM through the NFL draft and the significant amount of misses that he has had. Um, I mean, if you compare him again, I don't want to go through all those those analytical numbers you threw out a second sure, ago. Sure, Sean, com- I, can, I have them all here on a spreadsheet. No, I'm good, I can read them off I'm to you good. if you like. But if you, if okay. you compare them to, if you compare him to other GMs using the same analytics and it puts him that low, that's probably a good ballpark for where he is, which is why I don't have a whole hell of a lot of confidence that when you roll out, when you kick off in September, that the roster you have on the field is going to be significantly better or even on par from a talent perspective as the one you came into this year with. So if you're looking for those incremental um, improvements, right, from three wins to five wins to eight wins that we've seen over the course of the last few years, if you're looking for that, I don't know where it's going to come from outside of coaching. And then that's a whole other podcast. Yeah, that is a whole other podcast episode where we get into – Cliff Kingsbury's growth uh, from year two to year three because right. it's gonna it's gonna have to be extraordinary Which for him why, to make up know, for some of I, the things we saw in year two. I think I asked you the other day, like, did we all get shiny ball syndrome from the DeAndre Hopkins trade? You know, like, did did we all give and get, again, you give Steve Steve Kime credit for being able to pull off that trade, right? But that didn't take a brilliant football mind to figure out if Houston's willing to give up DeAndre Hopkins, you take it. I mean, any fantasy football player in the country is going to make that move. That doesn't take a, a football genius to figure that one out. Yet we saw that. Can I that tell you tr- where the shiny ball syndrome was? Where? Because we've all we just it, neglected. My whole point of this is we've just neglected the actual makeup of this roster. It, the shiny ball syndrome was with Kyler Murray. 
we saw what he was able to do in year one and and look impressive. And 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 I know that you have been one of those people that have kind of pushed back on not not entirely sold on Kyler as the long term answer. He's a great athlete, but don't know if he's a great quarterback. Tremendous I think that's a fair athlete, yes, I tremendous mean, football player. Uh quarterback position is more than that, as Lamar keeps finding out. And, and and that has been your position. And and I think that position that you have had isn't shared by other people in the media. And we saw the highlight reel plays that Kyler Murray was able to make that land him on SportsCenter and make and create buzz in the NFL media circles. And that immediately equaled in the math equation, man, the Cardinals are just going to be fun. They're going to be flashy. They got Cliff, who's who's an up-and-coming coach, and Kyler looked good in year one. And, oh, now they have DeAndre Hopkins. Of course they're going to be better. And I think we fell, in, we fell into that trap. And the, I use the collective we in terms of the media, right? There was this trap that was, I think, fallen into where in year one, Sean, Cliff showed some of the coaching deficiencies that reared their ugly head in year two. And it just so happened that in year two, they were playing more significant games because they had an easier schedule and they played lesser tier quarterback talent. We've gone through this point on a number of shows during the season that because when those games became more significant and he had those deficiencies and he made those mistakes, they meant more. They had a bigger impact. Right, I mean, they tied their week one game in 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 year one of Cliff Kingsbury, and we thought, oh no, here we go again. And yet, they only came up with what five wins that year, and nobody felt as if it was like this big pro. Like Cliff was this big problem because man, they improved from Steve Wilkes to Cliff Kingsbury, and there was no contextualizing of it. Right, no, and that didn't my, happen. That's what the I, correction you, never happened. You know that I, I. This is why I always yell at you with your stats, right? With your analytical stat I always you have to put Thank context. You. to I'm everything. on your. I'm on your side. Why are you, you yelling at me? I know you. I'm just okay. saying, like the, the fact that you just said, you know, contextually, you got to, you have to look beyond just the, you know, the the overall record. Three and twelve against teams with winning records under Cliff Kingsbury over the course of two years, you are three and twelve against teams with winning records. That to me is not improvement. Yes, you had three extra wins this year than you had last year. That is, you know, on in terms of the standings improvement but you as a football team for the long term long run still struggle to beat anybody who's worth their salt you know you're three and 12 against teams with winning records and you didn't have as many this year as last year hence the three game improvement so next year when your schedule gets even more difficult where's that going to be at how is that going to come how are you going to see that improvement from eight games to 10 or 11 to get yourself into the postseason tournament uh and be on par with those teams that are there listen Watching this weekend's games, and I know we're, we're, we're going lengthy here in the Cardinals segment. We're going to break down the games for this weekend here in a moment. Um, but watch the games this weekend and, and, and tell me how the Cardinals stack up from a talent standpoint from any of the four teams that are out yeah. there right now. They're multiple Anywhere. years away from reaching that. Anywhere. Year, I think. Right. Correct. I agree. And next year, you know, is going to be, I'm telling you, if there is not improvement next year, there's going to be sweeping changes. There's going to be sweeping changes with the head coach. There's going to be sweeping changes with the GM based on a lot of the things we've talked about in this segment. There's just going to be. Uh, and I don't see that coming based on the, the numbers I'm just giving you. 3-12 and 12 against teams with winning records. The fact that you're going to be, from a talent standpoint, probably a little bit below than you were last year, which means coaching is going to have to make the difference. Do you have the confidence there? I mean, no. So I understand you went from five wins to eight wins, but when you put context to it, who you beat, how you beat them, the games you couldn't win when you had to get one late. It just, where is my confidence supposed to come from? And I'm sorry to be, you know, Debbie Downer on the Cardinals here. Yeah, this segment, just but negative here. I'm just saying, where's the confidence going to come from if we're being honest about where this football team is right now? 
And, and I think to, to, to kind of wrap a bow on this, because we do want to talk about the two conference championship games this weekend, I, I think really what this boils down to is you and I both don't have confidence in the draft being this home run, even if they hit on one player, right, of the five picks that they have. We still don't feel that it is enough to bridge the gap. So then that means you're asking, and trust me, there are coaches in this league that are able to do this. Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan, examples A and B that we constantly bring up on this show, that are able to get the most out of the talent that they have. So you're now asking if you're not going to succeed in the draft and you're not going to hit a bunch of home runs, you're asking Cliff Kingsbury to bridge that gap. And Sean, I'm not comfortable here. If we, if this was a betting segment, I'm not comfortable putting my chips in the middle, putting my money on Cliff Kingsbury being able to bridge that gap. And I think I that's where the holdup is for you and I, right? That's where we struggle to, you know, to do the math and, and come up with, I don't see how this team makes the playoffs. There's too many variables that I don't feel comfortable making the assumptions that everybody wants us to make. Listen, there's a lot of time in this offseason for them to figure this out. We are now just three football games away from the from the calendar turning to that stage of the season where we can really get into the weeds on this. But man, sitting here watching the four teams that are going to be playing this weekend, it feels that this team is so extremely far away from reaching that point. And I don't know if they have the resource to do it this year. And if they don't do it this year in terms of making the playoffs, like you said, wholesale changes across the board. And then we kind of restart the cycle all over yeah. again. And that could become a big yeah. problem. Yeah, Speaking of those yeah. conference championship games, why don't we talk about them? We'll do it next here on Noble with Chris Cressman and Simone. But first, I have to tell you about our friends over at Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. And big news, you've, hear, you've heard me talk about it before. Manscaped just released their new cologne scent to help you feel good and smell good all over at all times. Manscaped, trusted by over 2 million men, including the two gentlemen on this program worldwide. Join the movement for all your below-the-waist grooming needs. We talked about the Perfect Package 3.0, but Manscaped didn't stop there. You can complete your grooming game with the new Refined Cologne Signature Scent by Manscaped. It's in a beautifully designed glass bottle. It makes a statement, and the manly scent is attractive to set the mood. So head over to manscaped.com while you're there. Check out that Perfect Package 3.0 with all the essentials for those below-the-waist grooming needs, including the Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer, the crop formulations. Yes, that means the ball deodorant and the toner to keep your testes their besties. And now you have the new Manscaped Refined Cologne. So if you head over to manscaped.com, and when you check out, you use the promo code NOBULL, you will get 20% on off and free shipping. That is promo code NOBLE over at manscaped.com. Your balls, and now your body will thank you. Hang on. Oh. Your testies, your besties. Is that Dude, what I, 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 I'm excited to line this for I this I like period, that a lot. Like Absolutely. Yeah, NOBLE yeah. is the code to use at manscaped.com. Get yourself 20% off and free shipping. Make your testies your besties. I love it. Dude, the okay. cologne's great. I love it. I, I use it every day. It's fantastic. All right, you got some great NFL music here for me, yes, so sir. I appreciate that very much. Because we have two big conference championship games to talk about. Now, Sean, I will I will leave the choice up to you. I will defer here on the show. Which game would you like to talk about first, Mike? Let's go in order, man. Let's just go in order. The reason why I deferred to you is because I forgot the order, and I thought maybe oh. you knew the order. Because <laughs> I was Let's talk about the Green Bay Packers playing host to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You have, you have referred to me on this show as a bit of a homer for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Extreme and homer. It, and it's, it's fair. I think it's a fair criticism. I do produce a, a Bucks podcast. I am close um, to the son of Bruce Arians, Jake Arians. He's a friend. So I, I do find myself rooting for the Bucks and that family. So that's fair. as a fair criticism of me. I went on that show this week, Sean, and I picked the Green Bay Packers to win this football game you because I right, have not gone did. completely off that. And, and, and here's why, man. I, I think when you look at this football game, Sean, 
Tampa Bay, in, in the previous two games, they played Washington close. And then in the New Orleans game, they gave opportunities to Drew Brees. And it's as simple as this, right? You think of the way that New Orleans game started. Two big special teams plays set up the Saints in really great field position. They only got six points out of the deal. You give that same situation to Aaron Rodgers, that game's 14-0. So I think Tampa Bay, they they got to play mistake-free football because if they do give up those mistakes, if they make those mistakes and they hand the ball over to Aaron Rodgers, he's turning them into seven points. It, it, this is just the toughest team that they face. This is not going to be the matchup that we saw early in the season when Tampa just fell down 10 nothing and then ran over them the rest of the game. It's not going to be that game. And I just think Aaron Rodgers and this Green Bay Packers team are playing at a different level. Tampa Bay almost has to play too perfect to win on the road. And when you have to play too perfect, you kind of get tight and you make some silly mistakes. And I think that's going to be the difference. It's going to be a close game, but those small differences, I think, lean Green Bay. Yeah, and if you go back in that game you mentioned from, from earlier in the year, uh, you had a, I believe it was the game after... Remember Brady forgetting it was a Monday night game. He forgot what down it was. They lost to the Bears. Thursday night against the Bears, and he forgot what down it was. He was like, wait, four? I think it's four. Right. So they were were not – anytime a quality football team gets embarrassed on national TV, usually they bounce back pretty well. Uh, Aaron Rodgers came out. They put up 10-0. But if you remember, he threw the pick six and then had another one that was nearly another pick six. And I just don't believe he's going to hand you that kind of – he's not going to give you the Drew Brees treatment like you mentioned from last week. I just don't see it. I – uh, you know, I, I think the Green Bay Packers, especially at home at Lambeau, even though the fans aren't there, uh, there's a chance of snow. Twenty, I think the it's it's in, it's in the twenties with a chance of snow. I know Brady's played enough in cold weather; should be that much that of a story. factor. That's ridiculous. But the rest, that is a stupid narrative. It's rest stupid. of the team hasn't. Rest of the team hasn't. You're Schubert. right. You're, you're right. You're right. Gronk's never played in the snow. You're right. You're right. He's, ne- he's never played in the it's snow. A, it's a factor. It's not a factor. The quarterback has played in cold weather. Doesn't it's it? fine to bring it up that it's going to snow. I'm okay with that. But the, yeah. oh, you know what? I'm picking Green Bay because Tampa's not going to be able to play in the snow. Ridiculous. That's not the it's, only reason I'm picking Green Bay. Doesn't it feel? Doesn't it bring out the magic of Lambeau Field though? If it's snowing like that, I mean, come on. So you're not, okay, you're so not now your take. That. Now your mm. now your take is that the snow creates a mystical effect yes. that means the the Bucks can't win. Not a chance. Listen, you give you give me crap on analytics. That is the worst <laughs> analysis that has ever been given on this show. Well, you know that is. But you you realize it was me kidding around after everything else that I said I that made a lot of sense, right? Uh, but no, it brings out the ghosts of, of of you know Vince Lombardi and the and Bart Starr in the frozen tundra of Lambeau Field. Bucks have no chance. Give me the Green Bay Packers. Go Pack, go in Game One for this weekend. Now, just want to remind loyal listeners of the program, mm-hmm. you just changed Packers to Saints, and this was exactly what Sean Crespin said last week. Saints beat the Bucks. Bucks have no chance. That is like a direct quote from last Friday's <laughs> yeah. show. So just take that with a grain of salt. Twice, this has been, not once. Twice. Yeah. This has been consistent analysis from Sean Crespin here mm-hmm. throughout the postseason. All right, Sean, let's talk about the game that we got good news today. Patrick Mahomes has cleared all of the concussion protocols. He is a go. I don't think anybody is surprised that he is playing in this football game, but we still had to let the process play out. It did. He has been cleared. We will have Josh Allen versus Patrick Mahomes, Bills, Chiefs. Who you got in this one? All right. I'm going to try to not, you know, let my 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 feelings for that team in red this weekend come out here uh, and talk about it from a realistic standpoint. These two teams played against each other uh, in, in week six this year as well. Uh, in that game, the Chiefs ran the ball all over him. It was part of the season where the Bills couldn't stop the run. They gave up 4.6 yards per carry throughout the uh, throughout the season. They 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 went all out to stop the run against Lamar Jackson and the Ravens last week with a solid game plan. They were able to do so. The problem is Lamar Jackson, when they can't run the ball, 
can't sling it all over the field like this Chiefs team can. The last time they played each other, the Chiefs outgained them offensively by over 260 yards. It was not even close. Do I think this is a closer game this this time around? Yeah, I do. It's the playoffs. Things change. Plus, you got uh, Patrick Mahomes, though he passed the, uh, the concussion protocol, still dealing with the turf toe type issue. So he's not going to be quite as mobile either. It'll be a closer game, but Kansas City wins this football game. Though my heart and everything I have is with the Buffalo Bills. Circle the wagons. Let's go, Buffalo. If you think about it, Schubert, uh, the Bucks, they have a the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as a franchise have a Super Bowl championship. So does their coach. So does their quarterback. So do a handful of players on that roster. The Packers are historic. They have more than they need right now. Aaron Rodgers already got his ring. The Chiefs have one. As a Raider fan, that's all they deserve. So does Patrick Mahomes. So does Andy Reid. There's one team here that truly deserves something great. It's the team whose fans have been waiting for a postseason win since 1995. It is the Buffalo Bills. It is Josh Allen Give me some new blood in the Super Bowl. The problem is Patrick Mahomes is going to win the game. Sean, nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. And in that Week 6 matchup when these two teams play... The Chiefs were the better football team going into that game. They won. I'm going to pick the team that is playing the better football right now to go to the Super Bowl because nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Nobody. Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills are going into Kansas City, and they're going to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. And it's as simple. The Bills are playing better football right now. The Chiefs haven't shown in the second half of the season that gas pedal, that ability to pull away from teams. I believe their last nine games, they weren't able to cover the spread. And I know this ten. is not a gambling statement. Okay, that's mm. ten games. They don't pull away from teams. They don't have that second gear that we've seen in years past. They don't. They let the Browns hang around in, in that game last week, and then Patrick Mahomes goes out, and that almost opens the door for the, for the Cleveland Browns to walk right through, and it could be the Cleveland Browns playing in this football game. They don't have that pull-away gear. They're not playing the football that the Buffalo Bills are playing. Give me Josh Allen. Give me a defense that has played better against the run, that has been able to make plays when they've needed to. Josh Allen is playing on an MVP level. Give me the Buffalo Bills, Sean. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Another close game, but I'll take the team that's playing the better football. Go Buffalo. The Bills without the Hale Murray would be on a 10-game winning, 11-game winning streak, excuse me, with the playoff win as well. So, um, yeah, uh, Buffalo Bills playing really, really good football right now. All right, so that's our picks. And, and that's, what pick. that's what I'm picking. To recap, I'm picking. I got the Packers and the Chiefs. You've got the Packers and the Bills. Though my heart, don't mistake it, is with the, the Buffalo Bills this weekend. Sean, that's going to do it for our conference championship preview. But we have a very special. It's It's got some football themes in there, but we also have some pop culture-related themes. We have a, a Friday edition of Buy or Sell, and we will do it next year on Noble with Chris Crespin and Simone. But again, make sure if you're in the market for a vehicle, the Noble Express option, if, you, if you're still social distancing, if you don't want to go out to one of their 19 Arizona locations or 21 dealerships, or check out the 17 brands right there online. Noble.com, 10,000 vehicles are available right there at your fingertips. Use the Noble Express option. I told you earlier in the show, test drive a vehicle. It's brought right to your front door. Finish your financial application. It's going to be delivered to your front door once you're done. Uh, the Noble Express option at Noble.com. Proud partner of Noble with Chris Crespin and Simone, Earnhardt Auto Centers. Earnhardt, a name you know you can trust. 69-year commitment from their family to yours. It's Earnhardt Auto Centers and Noble.com. That ain't no bull. John, I'm getting the sound effects set up here. 
Oh, okay, so when great. we actually, when we, when we buy or sell things, we can actually, you know, make it clear to the audience that we are buying or selling them. Mm -hmm. So I will give you the first question while I set this up. Well, football theme to start it off. We now know who the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles is, Sean. It's going to be a guy by the name of Nick Sirianni, who was the Colts offensive coordinator. He's taken the Eagles job. So I ask you this question off of the heels of a report that the Houston Texans have interviewed Josh McCown. And that's right. I didn't misspeak Josh McCown for their head coaching opening. I ask you this, Sean. Buy or sell, Eric Bieniemy will be the head coach of the Houston Texans in 2021 oh my goodness i have i'm gonna walk the fence on this one so bad i'm going to i'm gonna i'm gonna buy it i'm gonna buy it and i i the reason i buy it is because i believe they would have made an announcement right so they would have already made an announcement if it wasn't going to be eric Bieniemy, right because you can't make an announcement you can't hire one of these guys until their team is officially eliminated from play and the Chiefs are still obviously in it. We just talked about it in the previous segment. Um, so I believe that is, I believe that's their guy that, that you know, I, I believe that's where this is heading. Otherwise, we probably would have already had an announcement. Otherwise, who, who else, what are we waiting for? You know what I mean? Who else do they have to hire? Or I mean, interview at this point. Uh, what else are we waiting for? So the, more, the longer this goes on, the more and more I feel like it is going to be Eric Bieniemy as the head coach of the Houston Texans. But if you're Eric Bieniemy, this is why I wouldn't be shocked if it's not. You don't have to jump at the you know a job right now just because you have the best coordinator position in football. You have the best you're the offensive coordinator of the Chiefs, man. You got Patrick Mahomes as your quarterback. You're learning under Andy Reid. You don't even have to call the plays. Like you're just coordinating with one of the best offensive minds in the game. Like you have the best coordinator position in football. So if one of these jobs isn't perfect for you, don't jump at it. I mean, let's be real. Let's look at what happens to, to coaches sometimes, Schubert, when you, you take a job and it doesn't work out. You know, look at the Josh McDaniels in Denver. You know, he still hasn't got a head coaching job since then. You know, That's look, not true. That's not true. He okay. was for a brief moment and in time the, down Colts the Colts head coach. Sorry, I stand corrected on that one. He still has not been the head coach in an actual game for anybody since that Denver situation. But go down the list of guys who have who have had it not work out in their first spot and then weren't able to get another shot at it, weren't able to get a crack at it. You know, so make sure the situation is right for you before you just dive in to be the head coach somewhere. What's your quarterback sure. situation going to look like? What's your overall structure? What's the what's the front office structure look like? If I'm Eric Bieniemy, dude, I don't have to jump to take this job. I don't have to you jump don't. to take a job this year because I can just go back to coaching Patrick Mahomes, hanging out with the big man Andy Reid, winning some Super Bowls, or at least playing in conference championship games. Like That's not a bad gig. I don't have to jump to the Houston Texans, which right now is a dumpster fire. You know, so I believe I bought this because I believe the longer it goes on, that's the announcement we're waiting for as soon as the Chiefs are eliminated. But if I'm Eric Bieniemy, man, I, I don't know if I jump to that job. So, and, and I don't disagree with anything you said there, but I think the reason why Eric Bieniemy's name is so much in the news right now is because, Sean, I don't know if he's had the ability to tell Jobs thanks, but no thanks, right? I think the big question right now in the NFL media is, has he been offered any of these jobs? Or is he just going through this process Correct. and they're passing on him? And why are they passing on him, right? right? That's been sort of the, the talking point. And if it is what you're saying, that he has been offered these jobs, but he doesn't feel it's the right spot, then okay. It just it just doesn't feel that way. But that being said, that being said, I agree with you. 
your logic is spot on here, right? The longer this goes and the longer that the Texans don't make an announcement, it feels like they're playing by the rules of we can't make this announcement, right? Yeah. And I thought I was going to be slick and that you weren't going to have that take, but I completely agree with you 100% that I think the enemy is taking this job for two reasons. One, I think the Texans are, are, are trying to do everything they can to try to save face with Deshaun Watson, right? They're going to try to cross every bridge that they can to try to make sure they don't have to trade to Deshaun Watson. And they brought in Eric Bieniemy, and they're going to potentially offer him that job. And two, I think Eric Bieniemy he said it this week that he wants to be head coach. And I, I think if a job gets offered to him, he will take it. So we will see. But I think, like you said, um, this is a situation where... I think they're just waiting to see uh, when the Chiefs get get knocked out of the playoffs that they can make this announcement. So we'll see. I, I think the Texans are in a really weird spot right now, um, and they're going to have to figure out their their way through it. Okay, Sean, we learned yesterday that Dwayne Haskins has been signed to a one-year deal with the Pittsburgh Steelers. So I ask you this very specific question. Buy or sell Dwayne Haskins is the heir to the quarterback position in Pittsburgh post-Big Ben. <laughs> Sell, please hit the hit that button. Sell, sell, sell. All right, look, uh, no, I don't believe so. I think the the Pittsburgh Steelers are doing their due diligence. You bring somebody in, you see if there's anything actually there. Maybe a change of change of scenery. Maybe you put them around a veteran, and then you see what happens with with Dwayne Haskins. As it just it did not go well in um, in Washington. Some of the decisions off the field, away from the from the facility, you name it, it just didn't go well. But listen, I'm also not going to sit here and tell you that guys can't turn around. With a, with a different environment or a different coaching staff. I mean, let's just look at one of the quarterbacks playing in the AFC Championship game this week. Two years ago, Josh Allen completed 52% of his passes, had 10 touchdowns to 12 interceptions. Last year, Josh Allen completed only 58% of his passes and had 20 touchdowns to 9 interceptions. This year, Josh Allen has completed 69.2% of his passes, 37 touchdowns to 10 interceptions. Guys can change. Guys, a lot of times, guys just need a little bit of time. And in this impatient, you know, era of football we're in right now, we don't give guys that that amount of time. Maybe that change can happen with Dwayne Haskins. I just don't see the raw talent you saw in Josh Allen in many different areas. Um, and again, the the off the field questions to me make me very wary. I, I'd have to sell that. But Pittsburgh Steelers, if it wasn't them. It's going to be somebody. You knew somebody was going to sign him. Kick the tires on situation. See if there's anything in there. Um, because it, he flamed out pretty quick in Washington. But again, if you get the right mentorship, you get him around a veteran, you know, a quarterback, a veteran coach that's been there and done that. We'll see who they actually bring in as their OC there as well. Um, maybe, but as of right now, no, selling it, selling it hard. Yeah, I'm with you. Sell, sell, sell. Because I just think it, it would be foolish to buy this question right now right now, right yes. maybe ask me this maybe let me let us revisit this question in the middle of the season where if maybe he gets in because big ben has an injury or misses a game or something like that and let me see if if he has shown that maturity if he is if he is starting to do what like you said if he is showing that he has turned a, a page and you mentioned there's a lot of off the field stuff that's a little bit of a question mark if he can show that he has learned from this experience from washington and i you know experience not in the good sense a bad experience if he's able to learn from it and become a better person and a better quarterback then maybe but i just think right now it's a little foolish uh, to buy on this topic all right sean now I, I think you can see what number three is on on the sheet that we have here and i don't know if you know why i'm asking this question but the mayor of san antonio came out and said that yeah the nfl oh, we're, getting, we're getting an expansion team in san antonio in the next 10 years so i ask you this sean crespin the nfl will expand to san antonio in the next 10 years so 
Hard sell. Sell, sell, sell. They're not even think they're, they're not. No, they're not. They're not expanding in the next ten years. And if they did, they're going to push because of the the way that the front of the the current makeup of the commissioner's office and everything wants international play so badly. They'll push that to the table way before they go to San Antonio. And this is not a knock on, knock on San Antonio. I've actually worked in the Alamo Dome a handful of times I, you know, with the Sun Devil Radio Network. We played against UTSA. Um, I worked the uh, Final Four there at the Alamo Dome as well in San Antonio when the Final Four was there. Uh, it's a beautiful area. That play, that area with the Riverwalk and everything else in the, in the facility is fine too. Like They would be ready to go right now. I just, uh, no, I don't see it. I don't see the NFL expanding. So it's not a knock on they won't expand to San Antonio. I just don't think the NFL is going to expand within the next 10 years. So you're telling me that a, a politician may not be particularly telling the truth when yeah, you I talk think he's, about... Yeah, he's kind of full mm. of it. Yeah. Sorry, okay, weird, right? right. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. So, so, so. Because it just feels as if if there's going to be expansion, it's going to just be someplace else, right? Like, it, like, like San Antonio will be on a short list, they will just not be one of the top two yeah, options like, on said shortlist. Remember when the Raiders flirted with them just to try to make the city of uh, the Alameda County jealous and try to get a stadium, and they flirted with San Antonio? Um, mm-hmm. San Antonio wants a football team there. It's just I, I don't see the NFL expanding. I mean, 32 teams right now is working. It's working well. It's a cash machine. Um, I don't see the need to expand right now. I, I, I don't. Yeah, I, I'm with you. All right, so this one, it, oh, man. Two UFC-related stories here on a, on, a, on a show is, is rare for us. But you put the, you brought this one up because there's a quote going around. There's a video of it. I've seen this video. If you haven't, you should go check this out. Of Dana White talking about piracy and about people illegally streaming the, the, uh, the UFC fight. So, Sean, this is a, this is a Sean, Sean Crespin special. You have, you have created this question. Buy or sell? It's okay to view an illegal stream, just <laughs> not being the one that is streaming it. Yeah. Be careful here. Be careful. There's gonna, we're going to have to get in, legal involved. And then I put be in very quotes. very careful here. I put in quotes. That's not my problem at that point. <laughs> and the reason this comes up because the Dana White quote about they say they have surveillance on some illegal streamer who does this a lot. They say they have access to his computers at his house and his yeah, phone. I, I don't and believe they the, I, I don't, don't buy it at all. Way. He's just trying to put, you know, just trying to put the fear in in these people who uh, illegally pirate stuff. Uh, but uh, I'm 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 gonna buy that. I'm gonna buy it. It is okay, Schubert. It is okay. If it's on the internet, you stream it. Yeah, you didn't put it on the internet. You're not the one that's doing the streaming. I think you're fine. It's okay, right? No. So, so, so. <laughs> okay, hang on. No, it, 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 it's not okay. Full disclosure: um, There's been times when I've uh, not been able to access my Direct TV, and I've said, "Schubert, I need to watch my Raiders. Where do I head? Who's the one that sends sure. me the the site well, I, to, listen, watch, to watch listen. the game on the phone? Who's that listen, guy? I'm who's, not. Who's the guy? The guy I, that just sold that. Oh, that's right. The guy that just sold that question. That's right. That's the guy I text to get the 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 the, the internet link to watch a game on the phone. Now you're now you're all up against it being high and mighty no, 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 on me no. here on the program. No, I'm not being high and mighty. I'm not being high and mighty. It's not okay to do it. <laughs> People still do it, right? It's, it's not okay uh, to do it, but it okay. still happens. All right. Right? I, I will say I will say if we're tearing this, mm. it is certainly more illegal to be the person that is then is is buying the pay-per-view and then taking it and streaming it to the internet. Yeah. Yes. You're on a different tier of, of criminality compared to the people who just go, oh, let me click on this link that I found on, on Reddit yeah, and, I, and I'll watch the stream with my buddies, right? That there's still some criminality there i just don't think there's nah. enough to like you know 
All right, this last story here to close out the show. Mm -hmm. And boy, is this probably one of the worst stories I think we have ever discussed on this show. (laughs) Okay. This is the worst pop culture side of this, huh? Here we go. What do we got? Let me just read the highlights of said story that I have here in front of me. Yeah, please do. A member of the Oklahoma State House of Representatives just introduced a bill to create an official Bigfoot hunting season. If it passes, the State Wildlife Commission will need to set dates for the season and issue licenses. Now, we are not debating the the legality of this this, uh, bill, okay? We'll discuss that here in a minute. So the question is, Sean, buy or sell Bigfoot exists? (laughs) Um, Sell. Sell that. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. (laughs) This is odd. I'm not one that, you know, thinks the the Bigfoots of the world and the uh, Loch Ness monsters of the world and all of those things. Now, wait a minute. We're not talking about the Loch Ness monster. This is just about Bigfoot. Actually, a thing. No, I, I, I really don't think that's a thing. I think this story's funny. But no, that's, that's no, not that's, a no. Thing. See, the problem, the problem is, it's not funny because somebody's going to get seriously hurt here. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> like somebody's going to get seriously hurt because of the stupidity of we need to have a a, a bigfoot hunting season. Where was this at? That's again? ridiculous. Where was this at? Again? Oklahoma. 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 Yeah. <laughs> somebody's going to get shot. Can I? Can somebody's I just make something sh- very clear? Yeah. I'm selling that bigfoot exists. I just want to oh, okay, get that good. on the record. Yeah. Somebody's going to get shot. And, and, somebody's going to be the, like, this is I the swear. Quote. I was Bigfoot behind them trees, man. I swear to you, before I pulled the trigger, Billy Bob thought it was Bigfoot too. Turns out it was it was George. He's not Bigfoot. That's what's gonna happen. You have an official Bigfoot hunting season in Oklahoma. You said Oklahoma. Yeah. Can I read you two quotes in yeah, relation to this story? From the, is this from yeah. the mayor? This is the quote from the member of the Oklahoma State House of Representatives. He wants the Oklahoma Wildlife Commission to quote set annual season dates and create any necessary specific hunting licenses and fees. The Wildlife Commission has responded to this by saying, through a spokesperson, quote, here at the department, we use science to make management decisions (laughs) and we do not recognize Bigfoot as a wildlife species. Nah, it's unfortunate. That's unfortunate. That's just some good family fun. They're caught. That's all that was going to be. That's unfortunate. Somebody's going to get seriously hurt. All right. (laughs) That is going to do it here for the Friday edition of Noble with Chris Crespin and Simone. Uh, be sure to join us on Sunday, Noble Live Conference Championship Edition. Uh, Sean and I get you ready for the conference championship games. We'll have a bunch of different sports stories to talk about, preview the games, cash in with Crespin. Sean gives you uh, the gambling advice. Sean, this is tough for you because there's only two games and you normally give out at least three bets. So you're going to have to come up with something off the wall. Yeah, uh, over for under this or game. something, so, man. And by we'll the next yeah. time we talk to you, this number down here, for those of you that are viewing the program, uh, it'll be day eight. And we'll see where the weight loss is with Revitalize. Uh, start your journey with me. See, come on, join me in this. A new you, man. Revitalizeweightloss.com. You can follow the show on Twitter at Noble underscore podcast. You can also uh, find us on YouTube, Noble Podcast. We post a lot of social clips there, full shows, uh, social media features, a bunch of stuff going on there. Follow me on Twitter at Shoe Radio. You can follow Sean on Twitter at SCRESPIN02. And please rate, subscribe, share the podcast with your friends wherever you get your podcast. Everybody have a good weekend. We'll talk to you on Monday.